0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy.
1: That's what the poster said.
0: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited
1: to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1 a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Fans, and welcome to another episode of Bulls HQ, a Chicago Bulls podcast on the Blue Eye Sports Podcasting Network. We are brought to you today by Deal Dash and Bet Online. Thank you to them for sponsoring the show, and thank you to you for joining us on this episode of the show. It's been a while; it's been some time. Frederick and I have been away doing our th- doing our own thing, I suppose. The uh, the stop of basketball and the pandemic ensuing the way it has has allowed us to take a little bit, a of- little bit of a break and maybe take stocks of some things that are a little bit more important than our Chicago Bulls, but. We find ourselves, Fred, back here talking about the Bulls in part one, because I'm kind of missing talking about the Bulls to some degree, not a complete degree, I suppose. I have enjoyed my time away from the Bulls, but I've kind of missed you too, my old friend. How's things? They're okay, buddy. Yeah, I missed you too, I must admit.
0: I've... I kind of, I, I, I realized in this time off that I did enjoy our kind of back and forth where I correct your mistakes and I think you learn from them. <laughs> it's really enjoyable to have like a, you know, kind of like a, uh, someone who, who I can mentor. So I really what? enjoyed I I really enjoyed that. I have missed it between us. A lots been going on in my world, man. I've never had a dog before. Oh right. my yeah. son has been breaking me down for like the last five years. And we actually looked at a dog yesterday we might be getting oh really and, uh, yeah so wow. you know my experience with canines I think I told you I was a paper boy on the south side of Chicago for like five years <laughs> and anyone who had to endure what I had to endure probably wouldn't want to have a dog in their house for a good you know 10-15 years so um, <laughs> I've never had really good relationships with canines but now after uh, you know having a son who really wants one bad I think that's what being a dad's all about is sacrificing for your children
1: fair enough Why well, you're more a cat person are you?
0: I hate cats. What are you talking about? No, cats are. <laughs> well, if you're not a dog person, cats, I thought you might be a cat person. Cats should be banned from the United States. Uh, every person <laughs> I know who has a problem in life has like five cats. They they really got issues.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Well, apologies to any listeners out there who I'm happen sorry. To have five or more cats. For it doesn't mean that at all. <laughs> but um, you're keeping well, otherwise, I'm, I'm hoping.
0: I'm yes, I am doing well. How about you, brother? What's what's the latest with you? I see you're you're a woodworker now, which is great. Like Bob Vila. Of Australia, <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, you know, whilst I've been away from the Bulls, it's allowed me to focus on some other hobbies that I that I do have that get less play time during the NBA season when the Bulls are around. And given that the Bulls have been away from my life for the last three, four months, whatever it has been, maybe it's even been longer at this point, I've I've had the opportunity to sort of reset, recharge and focus on some other things. So that's that's one of my uh, passion projects that I was working on uh, in particularly in the woodworking space. That's what I like to do in my free time. But um, yeah, it's been good. But uh, look, we're back in lockdown at the moment. So even more of an opportunity to get in the garage and do some things. But at the same time, Fred, like I said from the top, we haven't talked Bulls basketball for a while. And in the last week, it sort of hit me that I haven't necessarily missed the Bulls at all and the drama surrounding the Bulls but i have missed conversing with yourself and just basically fellow bulls fans those who listen to the show or even those who don't and just happen to you know interact with us on twitter like i have missed that that communication between fans and and that sort of thing that's what well, that's why I basically sent you that DM and said let's podcast this week. I I, I want to actually have a chat about the Bulls and there are some things to discuss and we will obviously have to talk about the coaching situation that continues to rage on. That's the main talking point, but I want to talk about some other things with you as well. Particularly our boy Tibbs landing a job with the, with the New York Knicks, but uh, yes. maybe we can start with our own head coaching issues. How about we go from there? Well, and- how
0: about let's hold off on Tibbs? I got I, I want to let that simmer a little bit. That. I think. I think. I think more the bigger issue is. Uh, you know, Boylan's still head coach of this team. And yeah. Which is odd. You. Which is odd. I didn't
1: expect <laughs> us to be, well, we basically essentially, essentially the end of July, to still be talking about Jim Boylan as head coach. And maybe I wouldn't care that much. And maybe oh, in, in previous weeks, I didn't necessarily mind that Boylan was still the coach. I suppose I was giving credit or. I was allowing Arturus and and the team or the new front office to maybe allow them some extra additional time to get what they needed in place. But I guess the reason why I have sort of gone from the previous place where I was calm and just willing to let AK do his thing to now being a little bit more concerned about it is the jungle drums are beating a certain way that it would seem that Jim Poylan is sort of heading to the direction of remaining coach next season, which is why I... My Position on this whole matter has sort of shifted. Why I'm getting a little bit more anxious and nervous about the situation, but it based on a, a conversation or a, an interview he had a week or two ago, essentially saying that he's a uh, rapport with with uh, AK and Mark Eversley like they're forming good relationships, they're having conversations. Obviously, Boylan's still here, and we, we're starting to hear the jungle drums about you know the fact that uh, the coronavirus pandemic is going to impact team owners and the fact that revenues are going to be down quite some bit, that there may be some more reluctance from an ownership standpoint to go out and obviously fire boil and keep his salary on the books, but even hire a new coach and having to pay a new coach money. So yeah, it seems like the Bulls are going down the cheap bandwagon again on this particular topic, which may just keep Jim boiling around for another year, which would be completely disastrous. but. Yeah, I, I would be interested to get your feel on it, but I've grown from being patient with it, letting AK doing his thing, to all of a sudden being very anxious about it over the last week or so.
0: Yeah, so that's where I was too, exactly. I started out patient, then I went to uh, some place of anger and darkness where I'd wander the forest at night, you know, just yelling <laughs> expletives at the moon. And then I realized, uh, when I heard the interview with Reinsdorf, I kind of calmed down and really thought about it. Before I give you my thoughts, what do you really think is
1: happening here? Well, that's what initially I thought AK was just doing his thing, and I was just I was just following his word that he was going to be slow, deliberate, you know, be very, uh, you know, follow a process of sorts that he wanted to to do for whatever reason, and him being very methodical about it. And I was prepared to give him the benefit of the of the doubt, and I still am to some degree. But I guess the reason why I had that comfort level was that it was sold to us as fans that AK had full control he had full autonomy to make a decision, but. As I sort of alluded to in the last week, and you touched on it too, the the article about the Reinsdorfs and the fact that, you know, a lot of NBA franchises, not necessarily just the Bulls are going to be impact from a revenue standpoint based on what's happening with the pandemic. The caps probably going to fall. Who knows if fans will be in seats next season? These sorts of things will start impacting teams' cash flow, which may impact their ability or willingness to maybe spend what they should be spending. So that's the concern I had and why things may change and why. The tone around the team, based on what's being written, is sort of positioned in itself that maybe you start to expect Boylan to be back for factors outside of uh, Arturis Karnaschovas' control, which are obviously going to be uh, money-related and ownership-related. So I'm concerned.
0: Well, let's start out with this. It, you know, if Arturis brings Boylan back yep. based on his own volition, we, we, I think we can all admit that would be an incredibly dumb decision.
1: One hundred percent.
0: That would be cause for major concern. I don't believe he's dumb. Uh, he has seven letters in his name, just like Jordan and Pip and uh, Was it Scotty? Was it Scotty? Yes. So you know, I don't want to get into the seven mantra. He's a smart guy. I'm not worried about that. I sent you a Luol Deng article that came out recently. We're going to get into in a discussion of Tibbs, but buried in that article was one line that kind of sh- shed some light for me. And I'll read it now. Quote, unquote, according to reports at the time, this was a, this is a, just to st- take a step back, when Dang was traded on January 7, 2014. It's talking about ownership at that time. Here we go. Quote, unquote, according to reports at the time, ownership had mandated the Bulls get under the luxury tax line after Rose tore his meniscus in his right knee in November 2013, effectively quashing the team's title hopes for that year, end quote. So if you recall, this was the second time you heard his his meniscus after he set out the entire previous season. First of all, the ownership had mandated the bull to get under the luxury tax line. Were you aware of that before? Did you hear that yeah. before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Does that sound like an, so that ownership team without question is concerned, even at a time when that team was selling out stadiums and playing very well overall, even without Rose, they wanted to be below the luxury tax line. Never. Underestimate the desire of a millionaire losing millions to save a million. So, my whole point is here. I'm sure I think what's likely what happened is Jerry Reinsdorf for the ownership team, Michael Reinsdorf said, Hey, listen, we'll let you choose your coach. We just don't want to bring him on right now. Add him to the payroll, add him to our costs when we're losing millions of dollars from here to who knows when we're going to start up again. I mean, when you really get down to it, one of the bulls really going to start up again? We're going to need a head coach. When is that going to be? Training camp? They don't really need one right now. There's nothing going on. You know, there's a pandemic. So I am going to take that belief that our tourist understands this guy's, you know, buffoon in, in, in Boylan. He's not going to be our head coach. I'm going to give him time. And I, I kind of, I'm guessing he's been mandated, you know, by his ownership group. To you know, hold off as long as possible before you bring in a new coach and start to t- and start outlaying cash, more cash than they already have when they're not really bringing in revenue. What say you?
1: Yeah, look, uh, I, I understand what you're saying, and and part of the reason why I wasn't super concerned about Boylan previously or still being here was the fact that, to your point, the the fact that the league was still shut down, there wasn't anything happening. Obviously, basketball resumes this Friday, well the thirty-first or whatever it is over in maybe it's the thirtieth for you in the US. But essentially basketball is coming back this week. So for three, four months we had no basketball at all, not only just for the Bulls, but more generally across the league. So I understood why there was little movement to fire boiling straight away because there was just so many other variables at play that hadn't moved or had moved in a different way that didn't necessarily allow them to to go and do a full coaching search. The only team the only team that have done so has been the Knicks and look I alluded to before we'll talk about that later because obviously tips got the job in new york but i wasn't concerned about that at all because most of the names that we're interviewing in new york were names that i had no interest in in at all as well so more generally i was fine with the process and the way things were shaping out but like i sort of like i said before i guess my position is starting to get a little bit more worried now because we didn't have this conversation or this this theme about cost and ownership coming in and saying well we may not want to pay an extra coach uh, and, you know, an additional salary next season, uh, along with you know paying uh, Jim Boylan and 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 his you know if he was to be fired, paying his contract plus any assistance that they would fire too. So, you know, that, Casey that Johnson reported for that sort of years. stuff, and
0: yeah, those so, guys so, are signed for multiple years.
1: They are, but at the same time, whilst I I get what you're saying in terms of this being a a millionaire trying to save well, or a billionaire trying to save a few million dollars here, at the same time. There's no way that we as Chicago Bulls fans can accept an organization like the Bulls who just make money, just make millions upon year after upon year, fill out stadiums. This is probably the only season in a long time where the stadium was starting to have some empty seats in it. They have bankrolled so much money from this fan base. and They're not just an an American franchise. This is a global institution, the Chicago Bulls. They have made so much money over the years, particularly through those Jordan years, that I can't accept... A billionaire like Reinsdorf being concerned over paying a you know paying Jim Boylan out you know less than two million dollars for his contract and then maybe having to pay two three four million dollars whatever it may be for a new head coach I I just can't accept that at all. Hey, I I completely agree with you. What I
0: can not accept though, it, l- l- listen, I completely agree with you, provided Jim Boylan's still the head coach of his team starting next season. Yeah. I just I just don't believe that's going to happen. I don't. If it happens, we're all going to lose our collective minds, and rightly so. We're all going to go nuts. Mm-hmm. The only way I foresee it even happening, and I don't even think that's a likely chance. I think, I think that they're going to make the right move, and they're going to go on from him. They're just biding time so they don't have to start paying another guy. But before the season starts, you know, let's say it happens in October, they'll bring in a new coach. And I, I put, put this on a poll. I'd like to get your point. But let's say the worst happens. Let's assume the 2021 NBA season is played without fans in the seats. I think that's very likely. Would you still watch, listen to Bulls games if Boylan is the head coach to start the season? Option three is possible. And, so, and I said yes, no, or only if the team improves. And option three is possible if White continues to start and Otto Porter Jr. remains healthy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's, your, what's your answer to that question?
1: look I would like to think that I wouldn't watch and I wouldn't waste my time and I would maybe dedicate myself to some some other hobbies I mean we talked about my woodworking before but even beyond that just focusing on the league at whole more so than just the Chicago Bulls but knowing in the past I've had zero ability to pull myself away from the screen when the Bulls are on and which is part of the problem I am part of the problem in the sense that I, uh, I continue to support this team even when they are you know doing things that i don't necessarily agree with and maybe i i should have been wiser and, and disengaged a long time ago but i would like to think that i could uh Get away from it all and maybe focus my energy on something more productive. But uh, if things remain the same, boiling is around, the Bulls are still bad, we're still seeing regression from players or not necessarily seeing development, then I would like to think I would peel myself away from it. But uh, knowing myself and knowing my previous inability to do so, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm still watching and still complaining about it like I have been for the last how many years.
0: And then the same way. The answer to the poll was 36% said yes, 41% said no. 23% said only if the team improves. I thought the 41% was kind of high. I really do do believe if Otto Porter Jr. is healthy and White continues to improve and actually takes his starting position, as incompetent and as bad as Jim Boylan is, even he won't be able to keep the team from improving next year. And I I do think that the Bulls, that's the lone danger. I think it's a very small percentage that this could happen. But I think they could say, hey, nobody's going to be in the stands anyhow. We don't have any re- revenue coming from in-stadium sta- in fans. We could probably just keep them on for one more year, and see what happens. They could they could probably get away with it. They could probably get away with it because I still think they're the I still think the ratings will be higher than where they were because we're still going to be in the midst of this pandemic. People aren't going to be going out like they used to. And you see it in almost every number, every sporting event. The numbers are through the roof compared to where they were. People are starving for sports. You know, I, I, I'm, I hope I'm wrong on this. I don't want Jim Boylan to coach. People are getting this wrong. Like I'm I'm saying like, oh, I think he should be back. No, I'm not saying that at all. I don't want him here. But I think this is possible now. I think it actually is. I hope I'm wrong. I think it's possible. I'm not going to get upset until he's still head coach in October, November. But – um. You know, I'm not going to get upset until then. Now, I'm not going to waste a lot of time. I think it's ridiculous. He's still the coach, but I, I think the reason why is for the is for, is how I outlined it before. They're trying to save money.
1: Yeah, look, I, I feel the same. I'm looking to jump off the deep end right now, based on based on Boylan still being around, and obviously him not being confirmed. Otherwise, as the coach, I'm not the coach. I mean, like to your point, there's an appropriate time to to jump off the cliff, and I don't think that is right now. But there are some fans out there who. I don't think they're wrong to necessarily feel more strongly about it and I know there are some question already the the autonomy that that uh, Karnaschovas does or doesn't have and you know if he were to retain Boylan you know I, I know there will be a lot of fans out there questioning if Karnaschovas is any good if this is any different to the regime they sort of just left and those sorts of things so I understand why that frustration does exist and may continue to exist for the foreseeable future until there is some decision made but I guess just for me, as coming from someone who was very laid back about it all and not not overly concerned, trusting a k to do the right thing. Even myself in the last sort of week, my position has just changed on it slightly. And I I get what you're saying in the sense that maybe not even a bad, terrible coach like Jim Boylan could stop the Bulls from improving. But at the same time, if we've had players like Levine, Mark, and then maybe a couple others go to management, go to AK and said, we don't like this guy. We want him gone. He's terrible. And then they see him... Boiling that is stay on for another season. Whilst you would hope that players would be big enough to sort of come together and, and sort of play through it and continue to be you know be better players themselves because of it, and, and whilst that may may have the talent to be better than obviously the twenty two win team that they were this season, I just wonder if those interpersonal relationships and the way you know it it's all sort of transpired over the last couple of months whether things fracture internally that prevent development and maybe it just goes you know even further south. I guess I think that is a risk. In in itself as well, even if there is talent on the roster.
0: I agree. I mean, like they're they're really playing a big risky game right now because there's a large percentage of the fan base that are freaking upset. Yeah, and I, I don't think the hiring of Tibbs in New York helped anything at all. I and mean, there's still <laughs> that there's significant meathead for, portion of the fan base that wanted. <laughs> Tibbs back which I think deep down you know would have been a massive mistake for the future of this organization I think you know it's it would have been the wrong decision I'm ecstatic the Knicks made the decision because I think it's an incredibly dumb wrong one and they're (laughs) going to be bad for years to come uh for another decade or so but um I do feel I understand it's added pressure it's added more frustration with as we all look around and say why is this guy Jim Boylan still our head coach I mean I think we can all agree Tom Thibodeau is a far better head coach than Jim Boylan. So right now, as we stand today, you know, they got a better head coach than we do.
1: Yeah, 100%. 100%. I want to talk more about Tibbs, but before we do, let's tell the listeners about this week's sponsors. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up 1 cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now. Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the promo code BullsHQ or DealDash.FM forward slash BullsHQ. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M forward slash BullsHQ. Let me also tell you guys about BetOnline. Sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favourite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off for this week and there's no better place to start wagering from our exclusive partners, BetOnline. Check out all the odds, futures and props to be bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline has sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds and 7-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it will be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, back to the show now. We've been talking about, obviously, the, the problematic situation in Chicago with their head coaching position. Obviously, Jim Boylan, the way it's shaping up at this point, it, it looks like he will be remaining. But I guess what's added fuel to the flame, as you sort of alluded to, Fred, was the fact that the Knicks have gone out and filled their open vacancy uh, as, as their head coach, and they've filled it with our ex-Bulls coach, Tom Thibodeau uh, your biggest fan or you're the biggest fan of Tom Thibodeau that I know I'm pretty sure but uh, what what do you think more generally about this for for the Knicks for Tibbs? how it sort of relates to Chicago and obviously the fact that the fan base in Chicago will continue to look, be looking over to New York and if things start to improve under Tibbs in New York and the Bulls continue to slide under Boylan obviously that will just add another layer to this whole coaching issue that we have in Chicago.
0: Well, let me start out with a question for you. Okay? I want your <laughs> real answer because I'm looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, I had yeah. a, I posted a, a, a question today on my fantastic bullseye poll where I asked, um, do you feel the hiring of Tibbs will yield a turnaround for the Knicks franchise <laughs> or will he leave it in shambles as he did for Minnesota by encouraging <laughs> Leon Rose to trade all young assets for vets and first-round playoff exits? Big turnaround, big wins. Initial bump ends badly or a complete disaster? Three choices. What say you?
1: I think I think it could potentially go well because he's back to coaching now and the guy that's running the ship is the, is the guy that he's had connections with. He, he's the part of the agency that represents Tibbs, like CAA. So I don't think there's going to be any disharmony between Leon Rose and Tibbs in that sense. Uh, and the fact that Tibbs has sort of gone away from having that, um, that, dual, that dual role and maybe he's sort of come to appreciate the, the difficulty in having dual role or... Or even running the team from a GM perspective, maybe he's grown a little, a little bit. Maybe we'll see. Obviously, we'll come to learn. You know, Tibbs is one of the more stubborn coaches out there, but I think. It will yield some improvement for the Knicks, and I don't think Tibbs needs to go to the Knicks and say, "I, I need you to trade young players and first-round picks for for washed-up veterans," because that's something the Knicks-, Knicks have been doing for 20 years. So, I don't think there's any impetus for Tibbs or any need for Tibbs to go and do that because that is such a Knicks thing to do. But I-, I, I would expect some improvement for the Knicks. Well, everywhere Tom well, Thibodeau goes, that franchising can't get any
0: worse. I mean, how bad have they been for year after year? It's the same situation he was in Minnesota. The difference is in Minnesota, he had Carl Anthony Towns, who, by most estimates, is that your dog? Tell That's one of on my down. dogs going are going. On?
1: They're, they're yeah. not appreciating you slandering tips. <laughs> okay, there we my go. My dogs really appreciate tips.
0: <laughs> Tell them to pound sand for me. Will you literally get outside? We're, we're doing <laughs> this a is what you've got to look here. forward to if you get a dog, by the way. <laughs>
1: there
0: we go. Carl Anthony Towns, one of the top twenty-five talents in the NBA when he took over that team. It absolutely stunted his, his great career. Uh at, Wiggins was a the talent, obviously he didn't get any better And most people now have declared him a bust You know, I guess it's still up for I mean, he's clearly not worth his contract That he signed him to But let's go back to when he took over the Bulls There's a myth around this guy Luol Dang Luol Dang Taj Gibson Derek Rose, Jakim Noah Let's start out with Jakeem Noah When I say Jakim Noah What is the first play that comes to mind In your head when I say Jakim Noah what is the iconic play that defined Jaquem Noah's career with the Chicago Bulls? What is it?
1: The first thing that comes to mind is uh, 2009 against the Celtics. The thing, on, the play against Pierce, the dunk. That, that, that's Correct the first answer. thing that comes to my mind. What there is the go. first
0: thing that comes to mind when you think of Derrick Rose? What's the oh, first play so that comes many.
1: to mind? How can so I many. So many.
0: But what's the real one? What's one of the, well, if you don't say it, ju- just say it. Let me hear what you're going to say. And I'll, then I'll say mine.
1: I mean, there's so many plays that Derek has been involved in over the years, but the first thing that comes to my mind is the, is the dunk on Dragic. But, I mean, there you there's, go. A, there's a million and answer. one players.
0: That's a correct one. That's a correct answer. That's mine too.
1: I'm assuming so, we're leading to a point somewhere.
0: Yes, there is. There's a very good point here. <laughs> Luol Deng was first team All-NBA rookie in 2005, I believe. Tosh Gibson was first team All-NBA rookie in 2009-10. Everything we just talked about happened before Tom Thibodeau showed up in Chicago. Sure. Taj Gibson was first-team All-Rookie under a bum coach like Vinny Del Negro. Luol Deng was first-team All-NBA rookie under Scott Skiles. He put up some of his best, most productive years under Scott Skiles early in his career. Noah Steele and Dunk occurred in 2009 under Vinny Del Negro, again another bum coach. And Derrick Rose dunked on Dragic and made the All-Star team in 2010 under Vinny Del Negro, a bum coach. He walked into a situation with a ton of real, fantastic, young talent. And guess what? He came at the right time, no doubt about it. And he worked his ass off. He got it handed to him. I love his work ethic. And he instilled a culture. But people give him far too much credit, and I've seen it in the, the last stinking week with some of these pathetic <laughs> tweets. Oh, look what he did. Look how, look how much better he made these guys. These guys were good. Before Thibodeau, they were good after Thibodeau, and they would have been freaking good if he never existed on this planet. To give credit to Tom (laughs) Thibodeau for making Luol Dang and Taj Gibson and Jakeem Rose, I mean, Jakeem Noah and Derek Rose, and acting like he made them into superstars is a whole bunch of crap. What say you?
1: Well, I would say, what year did Derrick Rose become MVP? What year well, did Jokie like become most an all players...
0: <laughs> okay, I'm just using on. your own hold logic on.
1: against you. What year did all these key things happen for these players? Yeah. What year well, did what, Dane what year, become What year do most
0: guys take a jump in the NBA? Is it one? <laughs> is that their best year? Two? Three? The third year. Like, hey, I'm not denying he did a good job as a head coach, but to give all the credit and act like, oh, my God, they they were great because of him. Now. no. No, he took over uh, guys that were already really good, very young, and they were about ready to blossom. So, yeah, he deserves a good pat on the back. But (laughs) Noah, and based how he was in Minnesota, Noah and Rose and Taj Gibson and Mual Dang sure as heck made Tibbs more than the other way around. That's a fact. And until this city starts realizing it, I thought that, that what happened in Minnesota would have showed everybody, you know what, Fred was right. He was right. That was such a train wreck. You know what? I guess you're right. He, we did have a pretty damn good team here. And, you know, he did a, he did a great job with some things. But uh, come on. Come on. I thought that was it. Why don't we ask Kyle Korver how, how well he did or Mark, Marco Bellinelli, how, how great they felt about playing for Tom Thibodeau or James Johnson.
1: What, what, oh, why don't we ask Zach Levine, who had overwhelmingly positive comments about Tom Thibodeau, and Tom Thibodeau was a man that traded him to Chicago. So, I yeah, mean, there's, there's countless examples of players who love tips, So we can go back and forth on this for for the next two hours. But uh, you know I'm right. Just say uh, it. I'm uh, not right
0: though. <laughs> just say it. I'm you're
1: right. not right. I don't. I don't. I don't agree. I, and I don't, I don't think we can use the Minnesota uh, experience to compare Thibodeau's years in Chicago because he clearly it was a different situation where not only was he coach, but he's the GM and he was clearly a terrible GM role. I'm not, I'm not going to dispute that, but he's going to the Knicks now as a head coach. We'll see how it all unfolds. But yeah. I do think this all will be unfolds. good for Did the you Knicks. you see what
0: David West said? David West, here I'm gonna. you hear what David West have to say about uh, Tom Thibodeau? Here, well, first let's talk about. what Kurt, I got two quotes for you. Steve Kerr on David West: David was a consummate professional throughout his entire career. He was a huge presence in our locker room the last two years. The respect that he commanded was palpable every single day he walked in the door, and the leadership he provided to our team was critical to our success. End quote. That's what Steve Kerr said about David West. Here's what David West said after Tibbs got the job. Quote, unquote, literally destroys guys. It gets chance after chance. Yeah, I agree with David. The fact that this 62-some-year-old guy got a third chance and there's still guys out there like Adrian Griffin and a duco that should have had an opportunity is a disgrace. And it makes me sick. In 2020, people are still looking for a guy for his third chance Now I understand, yeah, it's his buddy and he was his agent and it was an inside handoff. But I do not believe for one moment that those guys deserve to be passed up. And for Popovich to act like, oh, they'll get their chance. Shut the hell up. Why don't you retire, Pops? Why don't you get off your ass? You've only made tens of millions of dollars. I'm, here's, I'm, yeah, I'm going to get in my soapbox for a second here. When you get to a certain age and you're 62, 65, 66 years old when you should be retiring because you're collecting Social Security, here's an idea. Stop it. Go retire and enjoy it. You had your 30-year run in the NBA and hand it over to some younger guys with families who want an opportunity to be head coach. You can If you want to still be an advisory role, that's great. That's great. But your day is done. What the hell is Popovich still coaching a team for? He hasn't won jack since since uh, Duncan retired. What's Kawhi, how did he do it? Would Kawhi Leonard want to play for him? Go, why don't you go retire and hand it over to somebody else who deserves it? And I, I feel the same way, although less so, about Tibbs. You're 62 years old. You've made millions and millions of dollars, and you're still taking up one of the 30 jobs. Bothers me, man. It bothers so you're
1: discrediting me. Greg Popovich because he came out and supported Tom Thibodeau? Is that, is that you've well, I, 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 ha-
0: I wasn't happy with his comment. His comment was he had two great coaches under him that still haven't had their chance. That still haven't had their chance to be a head coach, and he and he's talking about how great Thibodeau is. How about how about you say, you know what? I had these two guys that busted their ass for me. How about they get a first opportunity at a job ahead of th- the third opportunity for Thibodeau? It really, really bothers me. And what bothers me more is like other people don't see this, like the fact that people thought that Tom Thibodeau. Let's bring him back ahead of Adrian Griffin or some of these other young coaches that. I think deserve an opportunity,
1: but these Especially guys weren't even in interviewed. Like 20. that's not Thibodeau's fault. That's the Knicks' fault for not including these guys. So they can only hire what, what who they Thibodeau interview, do? and that's not what, Thibodeau's fault. I mean, it's it, should Jason Kidd have a job over Tom Thibodeau tomorrow. right now? No, he, he shouldn't. He
0: had, he had two shots. It's his fault for what happened in Minnesota, for what he left, for what he did there. I don't think he deserves a third shot. And if he does, he sure as heck doesn't deserve it over some of these younger players. And and you, I heard, uh, hey, dude, this isn't just me saying it. I heard Jalen Rose say it. I heard, I heard Jalen Rose say, why is it? And, and David West said the same thing. Where's Mark Jackson's second chance? Why right. is this guy on his third chance? <clears throat>
1: I would suggest anyone who who is even positing or thinking about Mark Jackson as a, a head coach or why he deserves to have another head coach as uh, an opportunity as a head coach, go and Google Mark Jackson and why he does not deserve another head coaching opportunity in the okay. NBA. He's just I, a terrible human. I don't know about human.
0: that. I don't know. Okay, I don't know about that. I don't know if he made a mistake. I I, I don't I don't know what he did. I, I I'm sure Mark will have a reason for it. He's obviously being paid by ABC, so he can't be that awful of a human maybe he is i don't know what you're referring to i will mention though that tom thibodeau according to this article by All dang and, and and this is this was funny this came out all just comes out with this interview and everybody's like all of a sudden i'm getting these texts and emails did you hear how dang talked about how great tibbs was and i read this article and saw this interview and i said this was a confirmation of everything i had ever said about thibodeau how incredibly stupid some of these moves he made was what did he say what does he say? For, did you read the article? Can we talk about it now? So you're referring you know to an article
1: about? from NBC Sports Chicago on the 9th of July for those following at home wondering what the hell you're talking about. And and, and it's in relation to an interview that Deng did on Instagram, if I'm not mistaken, where he sort of brought brought to light some issues in his couple or his last couple – yeah, his final year, I guess, in Chicago. That's yeah, what you're referring to. Yeah, let's start the ball to.
0: rolling. Let's start the ball rolling on this thing. So let's go back in time. 2011-12 – Obviously, that ends with Derek tearing his ACL. The next season, what happens? The Bulls have a fantastic run, led by um, uh, the they by Nate, obviously Nate Robinson, and they they make make the miracle. They win the first round playoff series without Luol Dang, mind you. They lose in the second round. Derek doesn't play all year. Then we go to the following season, and this is where this happens. Luol's in the last year of his large contract he signed with the Bulls, and. Tibbs is upset because the Bulls haven't signed Lou Wall to an extension. Here's a quote. Tibbs was upset and Tibbs kept telling them in the front office, sign Lou, I need you to sign Lou, Dang told the interviewer. So when the 2013-14 season started, I wasn't signed for the Bulls, and Tibbs decided he was going to make them know how important I am for the team and ran everything through me. And this is why I love Tibbs still today. I was averaging twenty points per game at the time when I got traded. When the front office saw I was averaging 20, obviously now everybody wanted to pay me more money, so they decided it was better they trade me before they lose me for nothing, end quote. First of all, this is the most ridiculous take on what actually happened I've ever read. I love the wall, but I don't know what the hell he's talking about. The team was 14-18 and 18, with you averaging 20, the wall, and they were playing terrible. And Derrick Rose played the first nine games that season and was out for the remainder of the year. You really feel that this was great news for you? Because guess what? The contract you subsequently signed was with the Heat for, guess what? Two years, $20 million. Exactly what the Bulls had offered per year. In fact, they gave you one more year on that deal. So what the hell are you talking about? The fact that Tom Thibodeau ran everything through you, a player who's not a guy you should be running the offense through, probably explains why we were 14 and 18.
1: Well, also him, because we didn't have a point guard at that point too they got DJ Augustine later on so that that's a key well, variable in this whole thing too
0: they had Nate Robinson too no not
1: in 2014 oh that's
0: right you're right that's right that's right my bad DJ Augustine, he, Nate Robinson was fantastic year before Tim's kick, kicked him out of town and then we had to get the, DJ Augustine you're absolutely right on that and we'll the, we, we lost Nate Florence. Robinson
1: because the team didn't want to pay him anything more than the minimum so let's not uh, that's not cool. <laughs> well, let's not forget that either the cheap, cheap show. <laughs> but why do you always turn on the players? Why do you always come to defense of the ownership and management? And you're never on well, the side of the coach and player in whole this point instance. This you're taking is- to Deng Dutaski. To this is disgraceful.
0: And I'm not taking Deng Task. My whole point is here that Tibbs was wrong. Like, we were really going to sign Wal Deng to a multi-year contract. Everybody knows what happened. He signed a two-year deal with the Heat. He played okay. And fine. then he signed a deal with the Lakers, which was – one of the worst, biggest laughing stock deals in the history of the NBA. The Lakers are still paying Luol Dang. They had to stretch out his contract. He's paid $5 million this year. He's going to get paid $5 million next year. It's one of the worst contracts ever signed. Under Tom Thibodeau, we should assign him to a long-term deal. The guy's a moron. He's a total moron when it comes to who should we be paying. And he showed that in Minnesota. You now Leon, his buddy Leon Rose, is going to be handling it. But do you really think... Tom's going to not have significant input on what happens and on who's on that roster for the Knicks. I'm ecstatic he's with the Knicks because they are going to be a complete and colossal disaster for the (laughs) next five to ten years. They have no talent on the roster. They they have far less talent than he had in Minnesota and far less talent than he had for the Chicago Bulls. This is a great day
1: well let's not get too excited i mean the draft hasn't taken place they may land at you know the first pick while the bulls may fall to 10th or something like that so let's, let's let's get not too carried away with this situation and then uh fly the flag too too promptly here over in chicago particularly as we already talked about from the top the jim boyler remains head coach of the chicago bulls and let me just say and this is something that we haven't touched on and, and something that's been in the news i suppose since we've been a ways the the fact that that Jerry Reinsdorf told Jim Boylan that he wants him to be the CEO of Chicago Bulls go around and do this and do that focus on things beyond his coaching And, and and that's what he wanted Jim Boylan to do to empower him to have a bigger role than coach and maybe that's part of the reason why the Bulls were such a disaster this season the fact that Jim Boylan wasn't just focusing on coaching and maybe that's why Tibbs was so bad in Minnesota because he wasn't just focusing on coaching but that's what he will be doing in New York and we over here in Chicago have been going to be stuck with Tim Boyle, and at least that's the way it's shaping up. So, before we go throwing stones the way of the Knicks' way, let, let's just maybe calm down and see how things are uh, resulting <laughs> in Chicago because it could be I pretty damn bad.
0: I cannot wait. You know, I, I predict they'll make the playoffs. I predict he'll trade some of the young talent, and, uh, and you know they'll they'll make the playoffs. he will lose in the first round. That'll be his high point, and he'll walk out of town with just very similar fashion as he did in Minnesota. So if it's if to the Knicks disaster. make the playoffs
1: before the Bulls, well, wouldn't that be a complete calamity for a footballs fans?
0: Agree 100%. Agree 100%. No doubt about it. That would be – Mark, is there, any, is there anyone in the world with an IQ over 70 that would rather take the Knicks roster than the Bulls?
1: Would you? Be I, to me. Well, no, I would not at this point. But if Jim is still hanging around, players go backwards, <laughs> and all of a sudden you start looking at a season where if you keep Boylan, maybe Larry Buckner wants to trade or some situation. I mean, there's reports at the moment that teams are monitoring the Levine situation uh, because, but in particular, the Knicks and the Nest, those, those are the two teams that were mentioned. Because if Boylan hangs around, then maybe Levine's not happy, and maybe the Bulls look to deal Levine ahead of his free agency in, in a couple seasons' time. So, Things right now may point to the Bulls' direction based on talent alone, but if you keep boiling around, if 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 the players themselves don't improve, if they, like I said before, if there's some sort of fractious relationship forming between Boyle and the players, and that continues into next season, assuming he will just uh, hang around, then all of a sudden the, the the shape of the Bulls' roster can change pretty damn dramatically if things move a certain way with boiling remaining so yeah that well so we can sit here and say article. the bulls right now are better than the next come on are, are we
0: even gonna act like that's an actual remote possibility what, what is what it they were saying but that there was no truth in that article there, was Why is there no a, truth in it it was basically saying that hey they're looking at possibly zach levine yeah, yeah. well everybody is well what, what does that mean i we're looking i'm looking at players too i'm looking at it all the time i mean there's been no discussion when to trade Zach Levine, but you know what? Maybe we will trade Zach Levine. Yeah. I, I, l- l- let let me ask you a question: Are you comfortable giving Zach Levine a max deal after his next two years are up?
1: Absolutely not. Absolutely I agree. not. Which is the reason feel, why stop?
0: Stop. Well, hold on. Do you feel he'll get an, a max deal from somebody after his two years are up?
1: Maybe. Who knows? Maybe there's a dumb team out right. there that may
0: do so. <laughs> the Kings or the Knicks are going to give a max deal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Would you trade? And here's a deal that I thought about when I heard about this because there's only two guys in that roster I think are worth something RJ Barrett, who I'm not in love with, but I no. do like. No, I'll hang Let's say, for him. I, RJ, <laughs> RJ Barrett, Julius Randle. No, it's right. number one. Absolutely for not Zach like, Levine.
1: I don't know if there's two players in the league that would infuriate me more than those two players. So <laughs> I would definitely not make that trade. But I guess my point you is are the best. at this at this point, Bulls fans are happy about a Levine and White backcourt. They're happy with marketing well to some degree. Obviously Wendell Carter, Otto Porter Jr. maybe he comes back healthy. The the starting five, everyone's comfortable with that five, that, that it could be something. But my point is if you keep boiling around and this season that's upcoming Doesn't necessarily go any or doesn't improve, and things continue to stay the way they are, or potentially even go backwards. Then the situation we're talking about with the Chicago Bulls can be can be moving pretty dire, pretty quickly. Particularly if they trade someone like Levine and maybe they go into another rebuild type thing. So, like I said, we shouldn't be throwing stones the the way of the Knicks at this point when our own house is uh, looking pretty shaky at this point.
0: The the Knicks have won one playoff series since two thousand and one. They just hired a coach who's guaranteed to run any value that they have young players into the ground, we should be all celebrating and laughing. And (laughs) if I hear another fan come up to me, don't you want to see see Tibbs do well with the Knicks? It's the freaking Knicks. No. I hope he wins 40 games over the next five seasons. Uh, What do you mean? I don't want him to do well. What kind of idiot would say that? I hope Taj Gibson does well. Yeah, I hope he plays great, but I don't want to see the Knicks win games. Well, why would that be beneficial to anybody? And if you're cheering for the Knicks now, you can pound sand. I honestly want you to walk over the bridge and jump in the in the Lake Michigan because that's inexcusable. <laughs> you don't want to see the Knicks win, right? Say it, Mark. You don't want to see. Well, that. see, this is
1: a no lose situation for me because if the Knicks lose, what? then the Knicks lose, and the Knicks losing he's always good times for me. But if the Knicks win and Tibbs does well, then that's going to infuriate you, which is again another win for me. So again. <laughs> As I find myself in this situation, often with you, is I set myself it's up a with a no-lose proposition. So <laughs> I can't lose, Frederick. So I'm fine with any of the way any, the way it plays out. I'm comfortable with either with either option at this point.
0: Here's what I want you to do after this call, this podcast. <laughs> I want you to go hug your dog, tell me love him, <laughs> hug your armor that you just made, tell you love it, and then I want you to realize that Jim Boylan will not be head coach of the season next year, and we, we just smile and realize we're going to have a real coach. And in two years, I guarantee you the Bulls are going to be a much better – it's already the case, but it will continue for year after year after year. The Bulls will be a better locale than uh, New York. I, I I can't believe the Knicks hired the only guy in the 2019 athletic poll that had a worse I, – I I don't want to play for this coach. The only guy who had a higher percentage of votes was was Thibodeau over Jim Boylan. It's just insane that they would hire hired that guy.
1: Well, I mean, I, that, that poll is people. doesn't necessarily mean much at all because it's well, one sample size and two, that was how long ago. The things have obviously changed now with Jim Boylan. So, like I said, let's not throw too many stones given that uh, we are currently the Bulls employing the worst coach in the NBA. so. But uh, look, I think we've banged on enough about uh, Vic the Bulls and Nick's coaching search at this point. I-, I think that'll just do it about door for this episode of Bulls HQ. It's a- We were a bit rusty, Fred, but I think we're coming back from a long layoff. It was good to catch up and chat. Who knows when the next episode of Bulls HQ will be. Maybe we'll be back next week. Maybe it'll be you know, a long way away. We'll see how it all transpires. But obviously, basketball is back this week, which is nice. It's going to be, I guess, returning to some level of normalcy. But um, I'm glad that we did this, Frederick. I'm glad to catch up. And I'm I'm also glad to hear that you might be getting a dog. That's a a big life step. So fill me in on that. hope it all goes well.
0: Well, it's always good to talk to you, brother. I don't don't think we were rusty. I thought it was brilliant. (laughs) I thought a lot of the points I brought up were just... I think people who are driving their cars are probably pulling over to the side road, like rubbing their chin thinking, yeah, he's right. He's right again. Don't you think that's happening all over the state of Illinois right now?
1: Well, it depends. I mean, if if it's the people that you told to uh, go jump in Lake Michigan, maybe they're driving to pull-up on the side of the road and maybe that's what they're going to do, jump in Lake Michigan because they wanted to see the Knicks and Tibbs do well. So uh, who knows? Who knows? But uh, look, that just about does it for this episode of Bulls HQ. Follow Fred for you know insightful comments like the ones he has given on the podcast at CBE Fred on Twitter. You can also follow his own podcast, Chicago Bullseye. Fred, any uh, good episodes coming up on the Bullseye?
0: Oh, yeah. I got one with Sylvie. It's going to be incredible. I've already recorded it. I'm just waiting to cut a few things that should be coming out in the next seven days. And uh, we get into a lot of great topics, including one that I'm sure you're going to love on um, what was the best five years of any Bulls GM in history.
1: (laughs) I I you're going to really
0: enjoy it. By the way, we agreed on a name for uh, our dog, Paxson. (laughs) Paxson. (laughs) on that note, hey, love you, brother. It was great talking to you. Everybody listen. Godspeed. Stay safe until next time. uh, And I can't wait to talk more bowls with you. And I'm going to stay positive here. You're not going to bring me down. I think there's a lot of good things going on.
1: Well, look, I've got I've got plenty of time to work on your uh, on your soul and bringing that down. So, look, we'll, uh, allow me enough time to do that, I look, I'm, sh- I'm sure. Look, the, the Bulls may do that for me anyway if they keep boiling. So, we'll see how it all plays out. But thank you for joining me, Fred. Follow me on Twitter at MKHoops. Follow the show on Twitter too at BullsHQPod. If you want to send us an email, you can do so, BullsHQ at gmail.com. But that just about does it for this episode of the show. Thank you for tuning in, Bulls fans. Apologies that we've been away for so long, but hopefully we'll be back on a more regular schedule going forth. Thanks for tuning in. Speak next time.